technology is the most powerful change in the world of education. Everything changes. Welcome to the Emerging Technologies in Education podcast, delivered to you by Clever Books Company. So hi listeners and um, welcome to the podcast series Emerging Technologies in Education. Today our guest is Steve. Hi Steve. Hiya. So um, I would like to give Steve a word to introduce himself and tell which country he is from and uh, what he's doing. Okay yeah so uh, uh, this is uh, Steve Banbury. I'm Head of Digital Learning and Innovation at Jess Dubai which is uh, one of the oldest and most prestigious schools in the Middle East. Uh, I've been based in Dubai for 10 years. Um, I am a primary teacher originally. I, I worked as a primary teacher for a number of years, including a number of years uh, here at Jess. Um, then I moved into uh, teaching specialist ICT computing at primary level. So I was teaching uh, digital literacy computer science to students from the age of four through to 11. Um, and then just about 18 months ago I moved into this new role as, as head of digital learning and innovation which is a cross-school role. We have um, two British curriculum primary schools and one secondary school which is British curriculum and IP uh, and I am now primarily out of the classroom um, and I'm working with with all stakeholders. I'm working uh, with staff um, a lot of the time to train staff in the use of technology. Uh, I also work with parents and, and with uh, occasionally with students uh, on projects too. Um, beyond the classroom, uh, I'm an Apple Distinguished Educator. Uh, I'm also a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert Fellow. I'm um, a two-time winner of the Guess Award for the Best Use of ICT, which is the, the biggest educational awards in the Middle East. Um, and I, in 2000 and, uh, 2013, founded the iPad Educators website, ipadeducators.com, which um, went on to become one of the world's most respected uh, sites in terms of iPads in, in the classroom. Uh, and more recently, I've been doing a lot of work with virtual and augmented reality. And this year, I founded virtualityteach.com, which is a, another not-for-profit um, platform that I use to share best practice in the use of VR and AR in the classroom. This is amazing. I think you are you. definitely positive about education and technology combination, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be in the, the, the job that I, that I am now if, if I wasn't an advocate for the use of technology in the classroom. And this goes right the way back. I mean, my, my background is actually in film. I, I was a filmmaker before I became a teacher. My, my degree, my university degree is in film. Um, and back in the UK before I moved uh, to Dubai, so going back 10 years, I used to do a lot of work with uh, students uh, making films. And the, and the work that I was doing with students was, was featured by the BBC and, and Channel 4 uh, in the UK. Um, and I mean, this was in, in an, and it seems like such a, a, a bygone era, but this was in the, in, in the land before time that was the land, the time before iOS and iPods and iPads uh, and, and the, 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 the time when suddenly technology became more readily available to students on, uh, you know, on an everyday basis. Um, so uh, yeah, so in some form or another, I've always been interested in harnessing technology in the classroom, um, both in terms of student engagement and uh, preparing students for for the for the modern world and for the future world that's coming, um, and also just looking to to transform and to to redefine how content can be delivered um, and and try and move students into 
uh, well, for a long time, I was, we, we, there was a, what we, people would talk about, myself included, was the, the idea of moving students from being consumers of content into being creators of content. Um, somewhat of a shift with the, the, the fact that I work a lot with augmented and virtual reality now, and, and it's kind of moved towards what's been called experiential learning, um, learning by experience rather than, uh, which it's kind of like a new form of consuming content. It goes beyond tradi traditional consumption of content and into um, true experiential um, pedagogy. This is brilliant. So I see that you have like <coughs> um, massive um, experience um, in regards to technology in education. So would you mind sharing with us uh, which technology can be a good supplement for education in the classroom? and why, and feel free to share any particular tools, in, instruments, or technologies you have in mind. Um, okay, so, well, we were one of the first schools in, in the Middle East, if, if not the world, to, to adopt the iPad in, in, in the classroom in 2000, and it was late 2011, early 2012, um, across both of our primary schools, and, and uh, I mean, five, six years on, we're, we're, it's still the, 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 the main, tool that's, that's used across uh, both the primary schools. The the secondary school uh, two years ago adopted a, a, a different techniques uh, and a different approach. So um, we've actually um, switched and in secondary school we're, we're using uh, Microsoft Surface Pro 4s. Um, <clears throat> we are, at our heart we're still a, a PC based um, uh, organisation. We, we don't, the, 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 there are not Macs in the classroom. So what we were finding is that students were coming up to the secondary school um, and at this point they, they needed something that was, was a little bit more than uh, than the tablet. So they, they were starting to bring in laptops as well as their iPads. So we started to look into hybrid devices so that we could we could bring um, the number of devices that they needed to carry with them, um, bring that down. Um, and ultimately, in parallel with our switch to Office 365, um, we formerly we used Google Apps in the classroom again from about 2011. Um, but in 2015, we switched to off, uh, Microsoft Office 365. Um, and as, as a part of that, our access to OneNote class notebooks um, opened up a, a, a whole world of, of new learning opportunities for the students, especially in just secondary. Um, so looking into um, Windows-based tablets or Windows-based hybrid tablets that, that gave our older students the ability to um, to harness the technology in that in the same way in the same mobile way but also to to adopt uh, excuse me to adapt and, and use it as, uh, as, a, as a laptop when they needed to um, but ultimately what we found has been the real game changer in secondary is, is the ability to to digitally ink um, and, and for them to annotate diagrams or to, to handwrite notes, um, it's been really powerful. Um, beyond the actual devices in the students' hands, um, again, going back to what I was saying, that obviously right now, um, what I'm kind of known for is, is, is the work that I'm doing with VR and AR. Um, so we, uh, we've been doing a lot of trials with the HTC Vive. Um, we just had the one, which was my own one, but HTC have been really kind and given us three more recently. Um, so we are running various trials with it with the HTC Vive. Um, I've, I've got a, currently got a year-long project running with the secondary art department. Um, we we supplement that that high-end VR headset um, with banks of mobile VR headsets as well. So we've got banks 
uh, like a full class set in the secondary school, which the kids use their, their own mobile phones in. And then we've got a smaller bank in the primary schools, which um, I was literally just using today with, with a group of kids. Um, a lot of this stuff you can find if you, if you, if you, if you want to see some of the, the, the cool stuff we've been doing with VR, the best place to look is if you go on YouTube and type in Jess Digital, you find the Jess Digital channel on YouTube. Because um, what I tend to do is I, the, the, the trials that we've been running with, with especially with the high-end VR stuff with the Vive, we, we record them and we record testimonials from the students and, and we document the process. Uh, and screencasts from the applications as well. And then I kind of, this comes back to my, my, my history as a, as a filmmaker. I, I spend time editing footage together and then we publish it through the Jess Digital YouTube channel. This is amazing. And um, thank you. Yeah. Can you give me a little bit, elaborate a little bit more on the most like exciting topic and trending topic of AR and VR? And you have the resource for that. You're doing a blog or something. Can you? Tell a little bit more on that and share your experience if you have any of using that in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, I, I could literally be here all day, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it, it is really has been my passion for the last year, year, year and a half in, in particular. Uh, we started using um, augmented reality at Jess back in 2013, 2012, actually. Um, and we've been using VR and, and testing VR since 2014. Um, so we always like to be kind of ahead of the curve, uh, and, and that's saying something in 2017 when both technologies are still so nascent. Um, I mean, I, literally, I, I'm 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 staring right now at a blog post I've got in draft form, which is 20 different experiences for helping kids learn about um, about space, um, a whole range of activities using augmented and virtual reality, as well as um, 360s on YouTube. Um, and to be honest, I mean. Where most schools are at, they're, they're either in a position where, <coughs> excuse me, they're either in a position where they, they don't have many headsets, uh, if they have any at all. And if they do have headsets, they tend to be the, the cardboard headsets that, that, are, that are cheap and readily available. Um, so the, the three uh, places in terms of virtual reality, I always direct um, new users towards. Uh, firstly, is YouTube. The simple fact that YouTube has so much amazing 360 content available uh, completely free uh, from people like the BBC, the New York Times, um, within or out there making uh, award-winning films. Th th there's some absolutely brilliant content on there. If you if you look at my website, Virtuality, there's a post on there called how to find the best content on YouTube. Because um, it can, obviously YouTube's just almost infinite, isn't it? And, and there's so much content on there to sift through. Um, NASA is a good example. NASA have like five million YouTube channels and only one of them shares 360 content that you can view in virtual reality. Um, so it actually takes some digging to find. But if you look, look at that post on my website, then there's, um, there's uh, direct links to all of the, the main educational channels. Um, the other ones that I always recommend are, are Google Expeditions, which is another free app, uh, one of Google's many uh, amazing virtual reality tools. Um, what's great about expeditions is the fact that you can guide a group of students um, in, in a kind of uh, shared experience. Uh, you can lead the experience from an iPad or another tablet uh, and you can direct their, their, their views towards different elements within the, within the 360 content. Um, and it also comes fully packed with all of the, the text that you would need to all the information or the questioning that you can need to, to feed into the experience. Um, and then the third one's Nearpod, which is something I've been a, a huge fan and a huge supporter of for a long time. Um, 
Nearpod, for those that don't know, is a, is a platform for making interactive presentations. You can take a tired old PowerPoint and, and rejuvenate it with quizzes and um, polls and other interactive activities. And uh, in 2015, Nipod uh, did a uh, struck a deal with 360 Cities to incorporate some virtual reality content into the presentations. Um, and at that point, I've been doing some stuff with Nipod for some time, so that they asked me if I would write some of the content for them. So, uh, so I did. So, uh, some of the original VR content that was written for Nipod was actually by me. Um, and the great thing about Nipod is that because you can embed your your 360 experience within um, an interactive presentation, you have full power to tailor the pedagogy around it. So you can tailor the, the learning that goes on before the, the, the virtual reality experience, and then you can create the, the content that, that follows it up um, without it just being a standalone kind of uh, stunt. And, and this is the thing I'm always, always wary of and always warn people about is the fact that if you're using what I call lower level VR, um, you do need to be careful that it isn't just a stunt, that it isn't just quick, have a look around this, it wasn't that amazing. It needs to be framed uh, very carefully. Okay, see you. And what was the reaction of the kids when when you used such a technology in the classroom? The reaction of the kids? Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, you have to you have to temper the, your your reaction to their reaction somewhat. I think at this point because we are still in a stage where, for some of them, it will literally be the first time they've looked through one of these headsets. I mean, I've, I've noticed more in the last year or so that uh, more and more kids will will say, "Oh, I've got one now. I've got a headset at home," or they've got maybe the PlayStation headset with their PlayStation, or their dad's got a headset or something. Um, I think that will change massively next year. 2018 really will be the year when, when VR hits the mainstream, both with the, with the launch of the, the standalone uh, Oculus and Vive headsets and, and the, the Ready Player One movie that's going to come out and really sort of thrust virtual reality into the, into the general populace. Um, but I mean, yeah, broadly, the, the reaction is always, um, is always fantastic. I mean, again, I would I would direct you towards the the video content that we get on uh, that we have on the Just Digital Web um, YouTube channel, um, because as I say, part of that is, is we don't just record the sessions. We record uh, I, I record and edit um, testimonials from the students as well, where they or I will I will ask them questions like like what was it like and uh, and do you think you learned anything from that and and how how useful was that. And we've done some quite interesting ones as well. So, for example, on the Vive, there's my, my go-to experience when I'm showing people the Vive for the first time is something called the Plank experience, which um, some people that are listening may have, may have experienced themselves. Um, so the, 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 it's hard to put into words. You have to experience it for yourself. But the, the, the Plank experience, you, you start on the street uh, and behind you is an elevator. You walk into the elevator, you press the button, the lift, uh, the elevator rises up. And then when the door opens, you're at the top of a high-rise tower, and in front of you is just a plank of wood. Um, and what stunned me was the fact that so many people simply could not do it. They could not walk out on this virtual plank of wood, even though they knew full well that they that they weren't really there. Their, their subconscious kicked in. So um, I was I was so intrigued by this. So so what I did was I took it to our sixth form psychology department. Uh, and we had some of our sixth form students and some of our psychology staff uh, test it out. Uh, and then, so if you, again, if you look on the Just Digital YouTube channel, you'll see the video there, um, which has got 
footage of the students uh, taking part in the experience, but also then interview footage with the students explaining what they think is going on uh, and, and interviews with one of the psychology teachers at Jess Secondary uh, talking about how uh, how he thinks that the, the psychology um, of the experience is, is playing a factor. Um, so yeah, I, again, I, I, I think there's, I, th I think it, it's, it's such a powerful medium and it is a whole new way of, of accessing digital content and and it's it's a, it's a great time to be uh, pioneering this type of content because it, it is completely different. Uh, the, the mobile technology revolution of 2011, 2012 was, was a brilliant thing to be part of as well. But ultimately what it was was a small computer. It did give us the, the, the portability, it did give us uh, the touch screen perhaps that we've not really seen before it did it did change things massively but what VR is is, is presenting is is a whole new medium um, a completely new way to interact with content um, something that before now has only been promised by science fiction yeah I find it really inspiring you know the whole experience that you have and I definitely think we're going to share the link to the YouTube and to the blog so people can see and um, have a look and get more acquainted with that. But I want to take advantage that you are based in the Dubai. And as far as I understand, mm -hmm. your school is one of the pioneering schools in terms of using technology in education. But is this like a general trend in Dubai? Are many schools adopting that? And how it looks like general the, the landscape of using technology in education in the Emirates, if you know? Yeah, I, I would say pretty broadly. I mean, Dubai is just a hub of innovation. I mean, it, it, it's. The, the, I mean, the fact that they're 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 hosting the 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 Expo 2020 uh, that really seemed to light a spark in in a country that was already um, so so um, so heavily involved with with all kinds of different uh, innovation uh, innovative practices across all different uh, industries. But in education, yeah, it's, it's definitely something where we will see, like, like for example, we have our, uh, our school inspections, um, which are generally conducted by um, uh, either retired inspectors from, from the UK or, or, or people that are still inspect internationally. Um, and during one of the recent school inspections, I, um, I had some of the school inspectors visit while I was doing one of these VR uh, showcase activities. Um, I was doing um, something with some year five students taking them to ancient Greece um, and one of the inspectors was like uh, he, he'd never seen anything like it. He was like I didn't even know this was possible in, in the schools right now um, and he said uh, in, in conversation he was saying that, that, that something he really likes about Dubai is that there's so much innovative practice. Um, I think part of what helps is the fact that although we're a British curriculum school we're not bound to the British curriculum, we, we, we do have the freedom. Uh, I mean, in some regards, we, we have to uh, we have to bow to the to the local legislation. So, for example, Arabic is a core subject um, in the UAE. So all the students have uh, um, uh, mandatory Arabic classes um, on a, pretty much on a daily basis. Um, and they've now just brought in a moral curriculum as well, which is, um, is something that's quite interesting and, and, and quite unique. Um, so these things are, 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 as I say, they're mandatory based on, on where we live, but then we, we follow the British, British curriculum, but we're not bound to it. So I think we get, we get a lot of freedom to, to, to explore and to innovate because of that. Uh, you also get the, the advantage of the fact that we're an international school. So we have teachers come from uh, 
all over the UK and, and, and also from other countries. You know, we've got teachers from across the UK. We've got teachers from uh, New Zealand, for example, and for South Africa. Um, and I think that brings uh, fresh ideas for people to, to bounce off each other. Whereas if I know like when I was based in the UK, everybody that worked at the school that I was at was was from that place and everybody's uh, background was in that area and they'd grown up in that area. So um, I think the, the, the kind of cosmopolitan feel of the school really benefits the um, uh, the innovation factor, so to speak. Okay, that sounds really interesting. I've heard a lot that uh, Dubai is one of those um, really progressive uh, countries and they try to implement a lot of things in terms of education and especially uh, technology in the classroom. So then I might have one more question to, to you that might be difficult for you as a person who fully accepts technology in the classroom to, um, to kind of answer, but still I want to challenge yourself a bit. So why, in your opinion, teachers may reject uh, technology, using technology in the classroom? Why do teachers reject technology? Yeah, why um, do they reject potentially, in your opinion? Um, I mean, various reasons. Obviously, being someone that was uh, was doing a lot with technology with the with the advent of the iPad in, in sort of, as I say, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. What I was finding then was uh, it it was too much of a shift. Um, that traditionally, teach that is is that uh, that metaphor of, of the or analogy of the of the the guide on the side versus the stage on the stage, and and traditional teachers like to be the, the one with the power. They like to be the one with who has uh, who has the authority and stands at the front and imparts knowledge. And and essentially, what ends up happening is the focus becomes on teaching. The focus becomes on the teacher, and the, um, and they become the centre of attention. Or what the mobile technology did is it put it put the the world's largest source of information in every kid's hands um, and thus um, reduced the the power of the, of the traditional teacher and, and for a lot of teachers they found that really really hard to adapt to and I know plenty of uh, older teachers that that um, walked away from teaching as a result um, these days I think broadly that the, the, the teaching staff I know uh, our, our school is um, is a lot more fluent and a lot more confident harnessing technology in the classroom and they've also become a lot more confident letting go and understanding that it's not a bad thing if you've got 22 kids in your classroom and they're seven years old and they all are more confident with an ipad than you are that's not a bad thing that's a great thing that's like having 22 experts that's like having 22 technicians on hand all the time i would always make a big fuss whenever a kid showed me taught me something new using technology, I would make huge fuss out of the fact that I was learning something because, I mean, we, we, we shouldn't just consider ourselves learners when we're at school and then we stop. Um, it, it's it's just not it's not right, is it? We, we should always be looking to, to learn something new. Um, so I think that that was that, that was the, the big thing. That was the, the, the hardest thing in terms of implementing technology. Um, I mean, beyond that, you've got obviously logistical um, logistical factors and, and also economic factors in some schools where, especially when you're looking at some of the new stuff like virtual reality, it's, it's a case of um, have we have we got the funds, have we got the, the budget to, to justify and, and if we 
put that in place would we be would our staff be confident enough using it what what schools don't want to end up with is that is that old model that um that took place for so long where there would be a laptop trolley and that laptop trolley was supposed to be something that staff were booking out and using all the time and then nobody did um that that's not the position that you want to be in with your technology you you want it to be um integrated within the, the culture of learning across the school on a daily basis um so yeah i mean that, that's what i'd say that in, in terms of preventing that what what i do in the role that i'm in now is uh is i adopted what i refer to as my as a multimodal um training approach so i do a lot of uh in-person training i do one-on-one -on -one training uh department training uh whole school training we then have a lot of asynchronous training options, so that, uh, we have stuff, um, screencasts and things like that that are stored on our um, on our Microsoft SharePoint, which is essentially our school network uh, in the cloud. Um, all of our staff have access to the, the Microsoft uh, Educator community and the online courses that are available there, which ties in with our use of Office 365. Um, I produce on a monthly basis uh, an in-house magazine called the Jest Digital Magazine, and uh, myself and a, my, one of my colleagues also host the Jest Digital podcast, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher and the TuneIn Radio app. Um, and all of these are different platforms. So the, the idea being that if somebody wants to get a little bit of CPD, they, they want to get a little bit of training uh, whilst they're driving home from work. Fantastic. Download the podcast, listen to that, and you'll get some ideas from there. If you're somebody who's uh, got young kids and you can't stay around for optional after school sessions, that's fine because there's screencasts available for you on SharePoint. You can watch it in your own time. Um, we're trying to provide options for, for everybody to cater to all needs because teachers are very time poor uh, and we, we want to be able to make sure that, that, that they feel supported and that they feel that they are uh, that, that, that they have every, diff, every available option to, to uh, empower themselves in terms of using technology in the classroom. I think this is really impressive, the example of your school and how good you do with gaining the confidence among the teachers with the training. This is really well done. Full respect from my side. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so thank you very much. And um, I really appreciate your thoughts. I really appreciate your time. And I would share uh, then in the description to this podcast the resources you mentioned. And yeah, thanks a lot again. No worries. Thanks for having me. Everything changes.